Morning, family. How are you all? Good. Are you enjoying the service so far? Kim's enjoying it. Thank you for leading so well, Kim, for, uh, for worshiping the Lord and uh, serving us all by leading so well. Thank you. And um, where's Chris? Well done for leading worship so well, Chris. Well done. It's really good. Really good. Lovely to see so many of you serving God and uh, loving the Lord Jesus. Um, where's Chief? There's Chief at the back. Chief, thank you for overseeing the service so well today. I know, I know many of you are like, <clears throat> many of you are like, what do you mean overseeing the service? What does that even mean? It, it, it means when your wife is away that you prepare all the children and you be here early and you oversee the communities doing all of their responsibilities so that we can have a lovely service. Thank you, Chief. Well done. Patrick, it's nice to see you in the service. We're not going to let this one go. Do you, know why, do you know why we're gushing about Patrick? Because every week, him and Rosie are serving in the kids' ministry or serving somewhere. And uh, for once, we've got them here enjoying the service with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I could say thank you to a hundred other people. Todd running around today fixing the tithing box that had fallen apart. Practical, practical serving and loving people. Ed and Janine trying to hear the Lord this morning when uh, Asi blew the, the shofar at the back. Is that what it's called? Have you still got it with you? Okay, bring it here to the front, please. We're going to ask you to blow it again. I have, I have never heard somebody blow that shofar so well. Come, I tried one in Israel. Do you know that? It sounded a little bit like... <laughs> spit was going everywhere. Wow, this is a beautiful one. Is it a real ram's horn? Kudu. Anyone? It's a kudu, hey? How do you know that? <laughs> Shh. It's a kudu horn. Will you blow it for us? Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Thank you. Thank you. Did you, did you guys hear that in the middle of worship? I was busy worshiping the Lord and suddenly I heard this sound. I thought, there's trumpets playing in the back. Yeah, I was looking on the stage for the trumpeter. I couldn't see where, where is the trumpeter, you know? And, uh, and then I, I thought, oh, hold on, maybe there's angels here, you know? 
Um, and then I saw it was Assi at the back blowing it with, with all her might. Assi, wh why were you blowing that this morning? What were you, what were you feeling or thinking? What? You, you, you just felt like God was telling you to blow it. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. And I love that you, you kind of went out on a limb there to blow it, you know. It, it, uh, it's different, isn't it? I think it's the first time we've had someone blow uh, that, that I've been here, that somebody's done that. What are you saying, Darren? It, it raised the level of worship. Yeah, after we figured out what it was. Um, <clears throat> but you know what I like about it is, is, is I actually feel like God is blowing a trumpet for us today. I really do. It's like, it's like, you know, the watchmen on the walls or the, 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 the people who would, who would be kind of um, watching to see when the enemy's coming. Or, you know, um, and if they saw an enemy coming and everyone was sleeping, they would blow a trumpet to say, wake up, everybody, wake up. And I feel like in the spirit, when I, when I, I went and I just said hi to Asi and I just kind of spoke to her briefly and then I came back into worship and I felt the Holy Spirit so strongly speak to me about the Lord wanting to blow a wake-up call for us today. A wake-up call. A wake-up call. And I'm preaching on something very similar to that. Um, and so I'm just going to preach. But you'll see the, the flow. Hello. Morning. Nice to see you. Okay. So lots of firsts today. <laughs> Anybody else want to come? <laughs> okay. So let me tell you what I'm going to be preaching on, but first I'm going to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're here with us, Lord God. Father, thank you for this bird that's cheeping at us today, waking us up. Thank you that it's not a chicken. Thank you, Lord, for the, the blow on the shofar, Lord God. Thank you for the trumpet call, Lord, to wake us up. And I pray, Lord God, that this wouldn't just be another Sunday, but that you would wake up our hearts, Lord God. Every single one of us, Lord God, that you would wake up our hearts, God. Wake them up to you, to your glory, to your purposes, to your calling, Lord God. Would you do that, Lord, in Jesus' name? Amen. So um, what, what we're going to do now, I'm going to preach, okay? And um, then any questions or anything, we can, we, you can come chat to me afterwards. Is that cool? Lacquer. What's your name? Logan. Thank you, Logan. That's perfect. Okay. Um, so the, the message today... Um, I watched This Is Church this week with two of the beautiful communities that came to my home. And as part of This Is Church, Andrew said something that really struck me. Isn't it wonderful to, be, to have an apostle like Andrew who's leading our church? To, 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 to listen to his teaching. Don't you love it? Doesn't it wake up something inside of you? So part of what Andrew said was... He said, when you come to church, we need to find 
God's will for us. We, we all are called to serve, to do something, to, 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 to participate as members of the body. But often when we start off, we don't know exactly what that's going to be. Do you remember, do you remember that? And he used kind of, you start off kind of in the, with the wide like, what's the general kind of will of God? And then, and then as you serve and as you do something for Him, people start to recognize, ah, oh, when you do that, the Spirit is upon you. you. You know, and there's an anointing and there's an empowering and there's something special, a gift that you've been given to do that particular type of thing. And then you move a bit narrower to that thing, which is the pleasing will of God. And as you do the pleasing will of God, more and more you exercise it and you, and you serve and you give and the grace of God flows through you. You come through faithful obedience in doing the pleasing word of God into the perfect will of God. Do you remember Andrew teaching on that? Was it only me? No. Leroy, welcome home. Leroy's been in America impacting Chaz and the church there. I got videos of Leroy singing in the pre-service. Woo! I love it. Was it a good time? I can't wait to hear. Let's have a coffee. You first. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> and so my preach today is that God wants us to be useful to him. Whether in the general will of God or in the pleasing will of God or in the perfect will of God. God wants each of us to be useful to Him. Another way of saying that is, God wants us to be fruitful. Can you say fruitful? Okay, John 15 verse 16 says, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So Jesus said, you didn't choose me, guys. Denzel, you didn't choose him. He chose you. And he appointed you to what? Answer? No, not to serve him. It's written there. To bear fruit, to produce lasting fruit. Amen, Bessie. I'm coming to you next. Have you ever seen Bassie play five-a-side? You don't see him. He's too fast. <clears throat> I'm so excited, guys, as I'm getting to know you all individually. And there's lots of you here, right? And if I haven't met you or had a coffee with you yet, I'm sorry. I would love to. Like, I'm so excited for what the Lord has through your life individually. Bassie. I'm so excited. I just see the Holy Spirit in you so much. You're such a pastor and a leader and a, and a servant. You've got a, a gift to love people and serve people and draw them out. You know, it's beautiful. And, and I could speak that over most of you that I know. I can see the Holy Spirit at work. He's put something in you. It's so exciting for me. Okay, Conrad, do you want to just help out there? Okay, Lekker. I think we're becoming a bit of a distraction now, so. There. It's okay. 
trying. We're going to be patient. It's okay. Yeah, I'm going to carry on. All right. So, what does it look like to live a fruitful life? Because we know that God wants us to produce fruit. What does a fruitful life look like? The first one is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am what? A noisy gong or a clanging? Isn't that interesting? So it continues and says, if I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am? Oh, we haven't moved on from that one. That's okay. You're doing great. There was more, but it's fine. It says, I'm nothing. It says, I'm nothing. All knowledge, all mysteries, all... I'm nothing. There's the clanging gong and symbol again. Then it says, if I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. So the first thing that a fruitful life looks like is it looks like love. It looks like love. Does that make sense? And love is patient. And love is kind. And love is gentle and understanding. Does that make sense? Jean, I'm going to ask you just to help them to go to Life Cafe. Is that all right? Okay. Remind me of his name? Logan? Hey, my friend. How's it? You're doing great. Don't worry. I'm going to ask you guys to go to Life Cafe now. Okay, these guys behind you are going to help you. Come, let me help you. Come. Let's go up. We can get your chocolate there. No, no. No, you're lying to me. No. Okay. Come. You can just take them out, guys. Okay. All right. There we go. That's fine. So love is the first and the most important Love is patient and kind and gentle, right? And, and uh, love is sometimes difficult. Isn't it, Auntie Lynn? Very much so. Do you know, do you know sometimes when it's the most difficult? When, when we push to the place where we're feeling uncomfortable, where, where we have to do stuff that we don't like doing. Does that make sense? Love is difficult. But love is the most important part of living a fruitful life. So, I've told you the story before when I first fell in love with my wife. Annie loves it when I preach about her. It is patient and kind, but also firm sometimes, John. (laughs) 
Okay. Mark, can you give the guys a hand as well, please? Thanks. There we go. Shame. Thank you. Well done for trying so hard there. Okay. So I was going to um, tell you about when I first fell in love with Annie. Because um, I remember I used to um, drive many kilometers from where I was staying in Rondebosch. Do you know where Rondebosch is by the mountain? Um, Annie would uh, love to go on mission. And she used to go to a place called Kleinmont. Is that right? Do you know where Kleinmont is? It's uh, near Hermanus. And so I remember I heard that Annie was going on mission, and uh, I wanted to just see her once a day, right? So I was working at UCT, and so I would, at the end of my workday, often after teaching at Bible school, you know, I would get in my car, and I'm like, okay, I have to see Annie, yeah? And so I would drive through to Claymont. It took me about two and a half hours or so, yeah? I, I had a very slow car at that stage. Pardon? No. And uh, would get there and uh, kind of, you know, they would be finishing up with the worship or the end of the show. And, and I would drive in and park and I'd go and I'd say, hi. And she'd be like, hi. I'd be like, it's nice to see you. She'd be like, yeah, you too. And, uh, and I'd say, okay. Hug. Okay. Good night. Good night. And I'd drive back. And you know, how many people do you think asked me to go every night to go and see her? No one. How many, how many leaders do you think were monitoring my, like, have you gone today? No one. Do, do you think in the morning I had to psych myself up like, oh, today I have to go through to claim my... No. I couldn't wait just to see her. Why? Love. And if we can be filled with the love of Jesus, then our lives will become full of the fruit of Jesus. Does that make sense? The second thing that characterizes a fruitful life is being everything that God has called us to be. Using the gifts that he's given us to bless others. Let's look at a couple of scriptures on that. Romans 12 verse 6. The Bible says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. In other words, each one of us has been given a different gift. And so we should use it. Let me illustrate. No, I'll come to illustrations in a second. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says something very similar. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 
Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. You know, yesterday I went, I had the privilege, actually, of going to my uh, little daughter's, that's Layla, seven, her ballet concert. And it was wonderful. It was much better than I expected. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, other than seeing Layla on the stage, I wasn't looking forward to two and a half hours of junior ballet. But it was actually fantastic. They did, they did this amazing, uh, what, do, what kind of uh, dance? Contemporary. This contemporary dance about spiders. I've never seen people dance like that before. There was a lot of kind of, that kind of thing. You know, I, I can't do it, but trust me, it was good. But at one stage, after interval, and, and you know the dancing had been really good, so everyone came back from getting a drink or whatever at half time after an hour, you know, and they sat down and the music started to play and the curtains opened and the music continued to play. And everyone's waiting. But there was no one dancing. And so I looked to Annie because Annie had been the day before as well. And I said to her, is this? She said, this didn't happen yesterday. And it was very interesting because the stage was set, the music was playing, the lights were on, the, the curtains had opened, the audience was there, and there was no one dancing on the stage. And the Lord said to me, you'll be surprised how many times this happens in my kingdom. I've given the gifts, I've given the training, the music is playing, the time is now. And the dancer doesn't dance. And today's a wake-up call, dancers. Your time to dance is now. So, if we're going to live fruitful lives, we need to love. And we need to use the gift and the talent that God has given us. So how do we get fruit? How do we um, grow fruit? I've got about 10 minutes left. Is that right, Kim? Awesome. 12 minutes, actually, I think. The first way is abiding in Jesus and letting his word abide in us. Why? Because Jesus said in John 15, verse 1 to 6, he said this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. 
As the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So how do we abide in Jesus? Because we all want to bear fruit, right? So how do we abide? The answer is we attach ourselves to him. We believe him. And we receive from him all that he, the vine, wants to give us the branches. His words, his love, his joy, his peace, his perspective, his boundaries, his priorities. Everything that is of him, we draw out of him. Imagine a, a branch, a, um, a, a vine branch a grapevine branch, trying to produce grapes once it's been cut off. Do you think that's possible? No. A branch has got nothing in and of itself to produce grapes with. It's got no sustenance or nutrients or, or anything. And so it has to remain attached to Jesus. But the problem that I personally have and, and if I have that problem, then I'm sure you also might sometimes come across it, is as soon as I'm producing fruit, I start to think of myself as a vine. I don't think I'm divine, <laughs> thankfully. But I start to think that I'm the vine and that I can continue producing this. And I, and I wander away from the vine. What does that look like? It doesn't mean I lose my faith. or It just means that when I wake up in the morning, instead of treasuring Him and spending time with Him and talking to Him and singing to Him and worshiping Him and asking Him all my questions, I start to try to figure it out for myself. I start, to, I start off the day with the urgent, important things, important, urgent things. And I'll get to you later, Lord. But Jesus says, unless you are abiding in me. Abiding means holding fast, connected. The life flowing. We can't produce fruit. And I know there's some of us that have drifted a little bit far from the vine this morning. And you know... Gavin was saying how God wants to let his fresh, pure water flow into us. We need to connect to him to receive that water daily, day by day, morning by morning. The other thing that we see about being fruitful and being ab abiding in the vine is that the Father is called something in that passage. Jesus said, my Father is the Vine dresser. That doesn't mean he dresses the vine. And I am the vine. So we need to be plugged into Jesus and we need to let the Father do his work of vine dressing. What is vine dressing in, another, in an English word? Because, you know, I don't think any of us have ever said the word vine dressing unless we're reading this. Gardener, 
The father is the gardener. Or the, the pruner. So it's interesting. I went and did some research about pruning. And why do we have to prune grapevines? And there's a beautiful article by one of the uh, wine producers in somewhere called Napa Valley. Leroy, you know Napa Valley, right? You just came from there, California, Napa Valley, yeah. I'm glad you didn't taste of the, anyway. <laughs> and he was talking about why do we prune and how do we prune? And he explained that a grapevine is actually like a wild plant. And the longer you don't prune it, the, the, a grapevine will very quickly revert from being nice and straight and attached to the um, trellis. Jean, you beauty. <laughs> attached to the trellis and, and balanced and, and um, equally thick all through, and it starts to become twisted and gnarly and to climb everywhere. And when it does that, hardly any sap can get through to make grapes. And so the bunches of grapes become very small, and, and the grapes themselves are, are um, uh, they're not sweet. They become bitter. And so he says, we have to regularly cut the vine back so that it produces balanced, full fruit that is useful to the winemaker. Are we seeing some illustrations here? The Father needs to be given access to our lives, freedom to cut us, to discipline us, to cut away parts of us that are going to get in the way of our fruitfulness. Does that make sense? And practically, how do we allow the Father to do that? Firstly, by abiding in Jesus every morning, and then by reading His Word. That The Bible says the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And his word comes in and it divides between soul and, and, and bone and marrow. And, it, and it, it speaks into the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. And it cuts away. It prunes us. And God also uses his body, the leaders over us, to speak words into our lives like, hey, you know, have you thought about this or have you seen this? Or, or to ask us questions about how we're living so that we might become pruned and reflect more God's intention for our lives and for our hearts. Does that make sense? Okay. Four minutes left. Oh. Oh, thank you, Kim. He's given me another five minutes because of the, the pauses that we've had. <clears throat> oh, I love you, Kim. I think you should lead more often, Kim. Why? 
Um, just a, a, a free one, okay? A free one. If you want to produce fruit, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of you. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with His fruit. Okay, that was a free one. Okay. Why, why is it so important what we're talking about today? Why does God want to blow the trumpet and wake us up to this thing? Why is it important? Matthew 12 says this. Matthew 12, verse 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes. And now he's, he's not talking to Sunningdale. He's talking to the Pharisees. And he says, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Okay. What is he saying? What is Jesus teaching us here? We have a tendency to think well of ourselves. To judge ourselves by our intentions. But then we often are quick to judge others by what they do, by their actions. But Jesus is saying, guys, please wake up. You are what your fruit is. If you think you're a strawberry tree, but you're producing lemons, you're not a strawberry tree. You're a lemon tree. Are you getting it? That's why God wants to wake us up with a trumpet today and say, look at your life. Look at your fruit. Not just today, but over the past year. How many people have come to know Jesus through your life? I'm not talking about Josh Jen and the thousands of people and the people that came to the conference. I'm, I'm talking about you individually as a branch, not the whole vine, you know? I often take pride in what the Lord is doing in Josh Jen, and I'm part of it. And I, you, but if, if everyone was like me, what would the church be like? And the Lord wants to call us and say, you are what your fruit is. So, and why is it important? Because at the end of John 15, Jesus says, by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. On that day when we come into glory, we come through those pearly gates and uh, we, we come to the, to the Lord and, and, and we stand before his judgment throne. We're going to stand on our own and, and he's going to say, where's my glory? And you're like, glory, Lord? He said, yes, the fruit of your life is what gives me glory, individually. And the Lord is asking today, are you bearing fruit with what I've given you? Are you being a good steward of your life and love and gifts and talents? And so I'm going to close with a couple of questions for us to think through. Number one, 
Are we living fruitful lives of love and service to others with the gifts that God has given us? There aren't many questions. Think about it for yourself. Maybe give yourself a little rating. Should we play that game? On a zero to ten. Ten is, ten is full out. If I look at my calendar this week, full out for Jesus. Maybe that's a ten. Maybe it's a five is kind of, I went to come and I, you know, here I am at church. And maybe a zero is, I don't know what a zero looks like. Number two, are you daily abiding in Jesus and letting his words shape you? Number three, are you full of the Holy Spirit? Are you letting, following the Holy Spirit in His leading in all things? Or maybe have you picked up some of the things that He's asked you to put down? Four, is your life full of love? Evidenced by the fact that you're pouring out your love for others, your life for others. Or is there a little bit of selfishness here? And lastly, are you being all that God has made you to be? Are you being the gift to his body that he's given you to be? I wonder if we can have the worship team just uh, come up. To Timothy, the Apostle Paul speaks to young Timothy and he says to him, fan into flame the gift that is in you due to the laying on of hands. And I feel like today, God wants to fan into flame that gift. Not just today, actually. Over this next season, God wants to raise up leaders and servants in His, in his house. And what I'm going to ask is, I'm going to ask the guys just to play softly something nice and um, worshipful. And I'm going to ask us just to respond to the Lord. Maybe you, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never given Him your life before. If that's the case and you'd like to give Jesus your life, you'd like to follow him, you'd like to live a life filled with the Spirit and with his love, if that's you, then come and talk to us. I'm going to ask all the elders to come up here and um, all the deacons to come up, and we're going to pray with you guys. Just going to have a time of just ministering to one another, praying for one another.
going to ask the Holy Spirit to, to come and fill us again, to fill us with the fruit of the Spirit, to fill us with His love, to fill us with purpose and, and to have His way in us. Is that okay? Tim, do you want to lead us in that?